Yes, Lord, we are grateful. We're grateful for your grace and for your love. I thank you, Jesus, that you have set us free. And Holy Spirit, I, I thank you. I know that you are always with us. You are always here. And so right now, this morning, I pray that we would sense your spirit. And that is why we pray, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, um, our series, we've been going through the book of Luke and teaching the scripture passage by passage as we go through it. We're a long ways from being done with it, but we're going to hit pause. We actually did a couple weeks ago, um, and we'll get back to that study probably after Easter. We've got some things planned between now and and Easter, Uh, and next week... Uh, is one of those things. It's uh, Advent. Now, if you're new to church or new to kind of the idea of Advent, maybe you didn't grow up in a tradition that did Advent. Advent is simply the four Sundays before Christmas, um, and we use that time of Advent to take a deeper look at the coming of Jesus, what it meant for Jesus to come. Um, So we're going to use each Sunday to look at different aspects of the story of the birth of Jesus and some of those characters. And then we, on Christmas Eve day, which is a Sunday, December 24th is a Sunday this year, um, we're going to do normal service times in the morning. So we'll do 9 and 1045. Um, We're not going to do nighttime services on Christmas Eve. We're going to do normal Sunday morning times. That'll be our Christmas Eve services. Um, So it's our normal times, but it will not be a quote-unquote normal service. It's going to be a really normal, fun, abnormally wonderful Christmas. I should have wrote that out because that sounded... Yeah, all right. So Brittany's following me, though. That's good. Yeah. Now, this week, uh, since Thanksgiving is happening this week, we want to take a look at the theme of gratitude this Sunday. Just look at gratitude. And to be honest with you, I'm so glad that this was the plan from more than a year ago, or probably about a year ago, right? Because too often what, what happens is, I know for me, I get to Thanksgiving, I've rushed around all week. The first time I actually think about being thankful or grateful on Thanksgiving week is the night before, the Wednesday night Christmas, or sorry, Thanksgiving Eve service that we do here. I get really thankful about the time the pie comes out. But um, so that's where we're going this week. And, and before we get into this theme of gratitude, I, I kind of have to give credit where credit is due. Um, actually, it was a year ago, John Ortberg does this kind of small teaching video series uh, that, that's a daily YouTube thing. And a year ago, leading up to Thanksgiving, he did a whole long series on gratitude. That's when I thought, ooh, next year, I need to, like, we need to do a Sunday to focus on gratitude. So I need to give credit to him, who I'll quote, and also Dave Johnson, uh, Dr. Jim Wilder, Brene Brown, Jim Corsi, all, all, all these different people who have helped shape my thinking today about gratitude. So with that over here, I'm grateful for them and their inputs. Uh, and also, I just have to say, right as we start the message, like, I am just grateful to get a head start this year on gratitude in thanksgiving. Um, And my hope is that this morning will be helpful to you as well, even though it's a little different from what we normally do. So um, let's read this passage that's going to be on the screen. There's two slides to it. Let's read this out loud together. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell richly among you. Whoops, sorry. Let's start that over because I really, you thankful that we get to start over? No, perfect. Okay, here we go. 
And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, this last kind of passage there is interesting. It says, give thanks in what circumstances? Yeah, all. So, not just when things go well, but in all circumstances, which I don't know about you, but that just does not come naturally for me. I mean, maybe it does for you. Is there anybody here that that just comes naturally where you are always able to give thanks in all circumstances, no matter what's going on? No saints in this room either. I mean, no perfected. Okay, this is, I appreciate the honesty. But, right, but that seems just kind of like a tall order, right? Like, but, but my pastor, uh, Dave Johnson, um, Dave says this. Gratitude in this life will always be in spite of something. Gratitude in this life, anyway, will always be in spite of something. And I believe this is true, and this is what it means to give thanks in all circumstances, because if I want to experience gratitude and giving thanks in all circumstances, I can't just hang out and wait until everything in life just lines up perfectly. Because if I wait for perfect people and perfect circumstances before I'll be grateful, then I'm going to have to wait a, a long time. In fact, I'll actually never be grateful, because that perfect day probably never comes, because gratitude in this life will always be in spite of something. How many of you know that gratitude doesn't always come easy? Yeah, most of us are on the, on the bus on that one. So that what we're going to do this morning is a little different. We're going to train for gratitude. We're going to practice this. And you can start training for gratitude right now. And did you notice when you came in that you got a bulletin? Some of you might have been excited, like, oh, we're going back to old school church bulletins. You're very excited, right? And then did you open it? Well, mine has something, but yours is empty, right? That's from first service. Like, now, that's on purpose. Um, um, and, oh, by the way, who, who, you're going to need this for the service. There, there's even a prize at the end, maybe. We'll see. Uh, if you didn't get one, would you, would you raise your hand? Or if you need a pen, raise your hand. Our ushers are going to run around the back here and hand those out real quick. Give you a pen. Give you one of these handouts. And what we're going to do during this uh, message this morning is we're going to try a practice, an exercise uh, that you can do at the same time that I give this message, because I know, I know, it's hard on my ego, but um, I know that sometimes during a sermon, your mind might maybe drift, right? You didn't think I knew that, right? Like, it's that prophetic gift coming forth. Yeah, no, um, that would be the common sense gift, yeah. So, so anyway, uh, sometimes um, our minds wander a little bit, and hopefully my mind as I preach doesn't wander. That would be a problem. But um, sometimes our minds do drift during a message. So today the idea is to allow your mind to wander, to drift toward gratitude, to let your mind drift toward gratitude. And on the screen here, um, we've got a few gratitude categories just to kind of Get you started. You might need, not need some categories, but I know I did. So here are just some categories um, to help spark ideas of just little words you can write down, maybe get sparked by these things. Um, maybe you're grateful and want to write down the name of an individual um, 
or maybe even during the message, God brings the name of an individual to your mind. So a family member, a coworker, maybe a teacher you're grateful for. Just write their name down. You don't even have to write what for you. Just write their name. And by the way, these sheets, whatever you write on here, we're not going to show them to anybody or collect them. Don't worry. You can write whatever you want. Um, so that's first one, like a individuals um, or maybe experiences that you're grateful for, maybe a vacation you got to go on or somewhere you got to visit that was really special to you or, or maybe you got to go to a concert um, or maybe you got to go see a place of beauty in nature, the ocean, the mountains, something there. Just, just an experience like that. Just jot it down. You know, write the name of the place or the thing there that uh, reminds you of what you're grateful for. Um, or maybe for you, uh, you're grateful for a time that God comforted you. You can even write a word that describes what you were going through when God brought comfort. That's something you're grateful for. Maybe, maybe it's a small gift or, or a big one, a gift that you received that somebody gave you. Or maybe it was just even the gift of encouragement where somebody called you or texted you or, or sent you an email or wrote you a note. Um, um, you can also express gratitude for just simple things, just like you got a good night's sleep last night. Or, or maybe you're grateful for the food that you enjoy eating uh, simple things. Um, maybe you want to be grateful. Uh, you think of this, the talents or skills or the gifts that God has given you that you just want to express gratefulness by writing that down. Um, the last one here, just is there something you're grateful for related to your faith? Um, how you're grateful that Jesus changed your life. Um, maybe you're grateful for scripture. Maybe you're grateful that your sins have been forgiven because of Jesus. Um, Maybe related to your faith, you're grateful for your small group or this church family. Just jot something down. In fact, just take a moment. We'll give you about 30 seconds or so right now. Just write down a few words. You don't have to write a journal entry. Just take a word or a phrase, a couple things that you're thankful for. Um, what's something right now that you are just grateful for? So go for it, and we'll, uh, we'll come back together in a moment. So, as I continue the message this morning, just keep that pen and paper close. Keep it right in front of you. Keep it close by. And as I talk, 
Just be open to how God might nudge you or even drop something in your mind with something else that you're grateful for. And when you sense that nudge, just write it down. Just jot it down. Um, And if you do that, by the end of our message this morning, you're going to have some good words. You're going to have some good things to be grateful and thankful for. So um, just jot that down as we go this morning. Um, And at the end, we'll talk to God about the things that we're grateful for and look back at our page. So, all right. So here's kind of the teaching part this morning. Um, And I read this... uh, study, this this kind of summary of a study, because I'm not that smart. Uh, There was a writer, he's also a philosopher, um, and his name is Robert Roberts, and he once described a uniquely Christian framework for what gratitude looks like, gratitude to be, you know, in the Christian realm. And by the way, I just, I think it would be hard for me to be grateful at all if my name was Robert Roberts. Anybody, right, with me on this? Like, Like, what were his parents thinking? I just... Here's my suspicion. See, I've thought too much about it. My suspicion is that um, the mom must have been in the recovery room, that dad was holding the baby, somebody came in for the name, and he's like, he's kind of a shyster, he'd be like, I, I, what's his name going to be? Here you go. We're just going to call him Robert Roberts. That's my, that's my suspicion. Um, here's something you can be grateful for. If you have a last name, like I do, that could be also used as a first name, so Glenn, Glenn is my right? So if you have a last name that somebody could, you could be grateful that your parents didn't name you two names, right? So I'm, you can write that down, right? Be thankful for your, your name. See, there you go. My mind already has drifted in the sermon. This is not good. Um, where, where was I? Robert, yeah, Robert, Robert Roberts. Well, you know, we're going to call him Bob, okay? So Bob Roberts, <laughs> he says, it's important to know what gratitude is. He says, gratitude is the perception of the good. So the perception, the awareness, the insight, the discernment of a good thing. Like, it's already there, so can we see it right there? Can we see the good? Can we discern? Can we perceive the good that is actually around us right now? And then Robert says, gratitude always involves Three factors, and all three factors are related to this Latin word, and the Latin word um, is bene, and bene means good. Um, So, he says, gratitude always involves three bennies, right? Now, the first one, the first one, gratitude involves seeing the benefit, the benefit, right? Seeing the benefit. So, if I'm going to be grateful... I have to realize that that thing, it's right there already. I have to realize that it's a gift. It's a gift. It's something there that I can receive. I have to realize that whatever that thing is, is a good thing for me who I, that I can be grateful for. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. In fact, Psalm 103 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. And, and I kind of, for me, just my wiring, I land on the, well, why does it say forget not? Well, because we are a forgetful people. <laughs> and some of us in all kinds of ways are forgetful people. I know that I'm a forgetful person. You could ask anybody I work with. Brittany could just stand up here and tell you 50 things right now. You could ask my wife. She could give a list of probably a thousand things. Um, I'm forgetful. Like, Here's just a simple kind of surface level forgetting. Um, For the men's retreat, 
One of the crucial things if a bunch of guys are going to be sleeping in cabins together, even though some are labeled snoring and non-snoring, the crucial thing you can't forget, earplugs. I forgot the earplugs. Um, thankfully, Dalton went to get them, but then I forgot, again, I forgot to say, oh, yes, and hand these earplugs out when the guys register. So, whew, I'm forgetful. Um, hopefully, that didn't affect anybody's sleep, but we tried to get it later. But that's kind of a surface-level forgetting. I'm forgetful. Um, and it goes much deeper than just simple forgetfulness. It goes to the deeper levels of things that I can just look right past and not remember. I can forget. Not because I'm being stupid or wrong or bad or evil. I just forget. In fact, let's read the whole section here of that Psalm 103. Let's read that out loud together. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. See, we right there, even in that passage that's on the screen, we can, like, we can start writing stuff down on our handouts right now because God does all of this stuff listed here for each of us. He's saying, and the psalmist is saying, don't forget the benefits. Recognize those gifts that are right around us. Forget not that our lives are filled with good things from God, benefits like forgiveness and healing, that God redeems our brokenness. He lavishes love and compassion on us. And again, when I read Psalm 103, I just that phrase just keeps sticking out at me, forget not. And it's actually an encouragement to me because uh, to know that this forgetfulness trait it's common to humankind all throughout history. We, me, you, our generation even, we are not uniquely flawed because we have to be reminded to forget not the benefits, the good things to be grateful for. We don't have to be, it's not just us. Um, it's been that way for history. Thousands of years, people, we forget. And I know it's easy for me to forget and become blind to the good things around me so often. And again, this has been a trait all through humankind. This is a thing that happens, which is why the psalmist right here reminds us to remember. Remember, forget not, remember. Because to experience gratitude means that we recognize the good things, the benefits. We recognize them, we name them, and we remember that they are good. We forget not the benefits of God. So, what are the, the bennies? What are the benefits that you are grateful for? Just even right now, if anything sparks for you, just write down some more things. Just at least one more word that you are grateful for. Something you don't want to forget. Just, just use your pen and write it down right now. And you can keep writing, again. Um, I'll keep talking, and feel free to just jot stuff down as I keep going. So that was the first one, Robert says. The three bennies connected to gratitude. The first was seeing the benefit. And then here's the next one, the second one. Robert Roberts points out that the second factor of gratitude is the benny factor. Benny factor. And that word factor actually is where we get the word factory from. 
Um, so it's kind of like a factory where good things come from. So the benefactor, it means one who does good. One who does good. So, so who is the benefactor? See, it, it's important in gratitude. Like you can be kind of grateful, but if you want to have that deeper gratitude, we have to include this component of who's the benefactor? Who's the one who's blessing us? Like the benefits, the good that are coming our way, if we want to truly be grateful, we have to remember that they're not random accidents. Um, They are not always something we deserve. (laughs) Um, They don't just happen to us by accident. They were not just good luck. No, the things, the good things, the blessings come from somebody. They come from a benefactor. They come from God. And not only do we have to see that the good things come from God, we want to remember that this benefactor, that God has good intentions toward you. So it is a good thing that you can receive and not feel guilty about or feel like, oh, that's too much good. I got to feel bad about that and find somewhere else to feel, you know, deprived. No, 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 no. It's a good gift that comes from God. That's how he rolls. The New Testament book of James highlights in chapter 1, verse 16, he says, do not be deceived. My brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from where? Above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Some of you, by the way, see a father and you don't necessarily have a grid connection with the word father. But here's an important thing to know about our Father God. He doesn't shift and change and maneuver or manipulate. He is solid. He is good Always his good is for you. And in that passage, this verse here, let's not forget, James is saying, there is a good father God who all the good gifts come from. Don't don't be deceived, he says. Don't be deceived. Don't think that the good just happens because of good luck or comes from some other source. Because no, 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 a good God exists. And God is always giving good, giving benefits to us and, and I want to make a distinction because it is important. It is important to express gratitude to the people around us or for the things that we have. That's so important, right? I do need to express gratitude to um, my wife. Um, that I'm grateful for Heidi. I'm grateful for uh, our family members. I'm, I'm grateful for our staff, for our team and leaders and volunteers and all the folks in the Hope family. And I don't tell them nearly enough how grateful I am. So, yes, it's so important to express gratitude to the people around me, but also I have to remember to express thanks to God for those people and see those people as blessings from God. So God, thank you for, for rock. Thank you for what he means in my life, what I learned from being in small group with him. And thank you for, for Eric and Valerie and Monica and the other people in our small group. God, thank you. I need to tell them, thank you, I'm grateful for you. I need to also remember they are gifts from God for me, and they are blessings from God. That's why remembering that God is the benefactor, all the good that comes, comes from him. He is the giver of every good gift that I receive. And now let's move to that third, the third element that contributes to gratitude. Okay, so we've looked at there's a, there's a benefit, there's a benefactor, and there's a beneficiary, right? The third parts that, that Roberts notes, if we want to have holistic kind of Christian-centered, Christ-centered gratitude, 
Um, it means that we have to see ourselves as the beneficiary, right? The one who receives the good gift from God. The beneficiary. See, that's you, that's me, and you are the benefits. Uh, I'm sorry, you are the beneficiary of the benefits of a benefactor <laughs> um, who cares about you. You are the beneficiary of the good gifts of the God who loves you and has your best interest at heart. But here's the rub if we want to be honest, and we're always trying to be honest here at Hope. (laughs) It is not always easy to see ourselves as the beneficiary where something's being given to us. See, there's a crucial belief that must be embraced by the beneficiary Um, That's you and me, right? If it's going to be real gratitude, deep gratitude, for there to be gratitude, John Orberg says, beneficiaries must believe they are receiving something they did not earn, merit, or deserve. What does that sound like? What's another word for that? Grace. Grace. It's grace. We have to believe what's given to us is grace. See, if I want to have real gratitude as a beneficiary, I have to, if I really want to have gratitude, it's going to involve having humility. Humility. See, gratitude always involves a posture of humility. And here's why that humility piece is so crucial if we're going to enter into gratitude. If I believe that I am owed something, whatever it is, then I will not be thankful or grateful for it because I think I'm entitled to it, right? If I think, oh, no, I'm owed this, then it's going to be hard for me to be thankful or grateful for it because I think, well, I'm entitled. I'm entitled to this. And, and really, I think the default mode of the human race <laughs> seems to me, at least in our culture, it seems to be entitlement, Right? We think that the things we have, we deserve them. They are our rights. They belong to us. Um, In fact, we are owed by others. We are entitled to these things. Um, And and our culture tells us, you are, you are, hey, you know what? You are owed. And we can hear our culture chirping at first, go, well, we know that's not right. We know. But the more we hear it and the more we kind of have to swim in it because it's just the reality of our culture is, I can start to eventually, unconsciously even, agree with it and start to think, well, you know what? Hey, yeah, I am. I am owed. I am owed. I am entitled. And Ortberg again, he says, the more you think you're entitled to, the less you will be grateful for. The bigger the sense of entitlement, the smaller the sense of gratitude. See, we wonder why in our world we we keep getting more and more and more, but we keep being less and less and less grateful. This, he says, is precisely why. Because the bigger the sense of entitlement, the smaller the sense of gratitude. Now, this is not like a let's let's all feel lots of shame around this and oh we're defective and, and 
Let's, let's just see these kinds of wisdom words as a place to invite us back into God's grace. Not to beat up ourselves, not to feel all this shame and feel awful. But if you, like me, recognize some of this going on, oh, it's just, it's an invitation into God's grace. He's not mad. I'm just missing out on, oh, I could be living in gratitude and I'm living over here in entitlement instead. See, because I do, I catch my mind going to that entitlement place sometimes. I can so easily get off track and, and my thinking can kind of get twisted. I can convince myself that anything I want, I'm entitled to. And if I'm not getting something I want, then somebody in the universe must be messing up and they owe me and they ought to pay for it. And really, you kind of see this showing up in our culture, um, one way we see it is, we're, we're, like, if we don't get our way in our culture, um, we want to act entitled to something, then we'll just sue somebody, right? We're just going to sue someone and behave like entitled people. Like, a few years ago, I don't know if you heard about this, but it's a few years ago, the San Francisco Giants baseball team, they got sued um, for passing out Father's Day gifts to men only on Father's Day. There was a lawsuit, Right? Because somebody was entitled. It was a gift. It was free. But since it was just for the men or dads, and there was a lawsuit because somebody's entitled, somebody's upset. This is our culture, right? Um, this week, I actually read a story <laughs> that I remember hearing way back then. Back in the 80s, the 80s, there was a psychic. I think she was in Los Angeles. Of course, must have been Los Angeles. We're just going to go with that because this makes sense, right? She was in, in Los Angeles. She was actually awarded by a jury $986,000 when she sued, when she claimed that a doctor's CT scan um, uh, impaired her psychic abilities. So she sued and she won. <laughs> right? A jury made this, um, that had to be quite a jury. Can you imagine that jury? Um, it, thankfully, it did get reversed by some other court, but she actually won, right? And, and here, here's my question. If she really was a psychic, shouldn't she have known in the first place that that was going to happen with this doctor, right? But entitlement runs rampant in our culture. We can convince ourselves that anything we want, we're entitled to, and if we're not getting something we want, then somebody's going to pay for it somehow. And see, our, our world, and even some of our religious performance-type systems can feed us into this deception of entitlement. It's a trap. It's a trap. What it does is it robs us, it robs me from living in gratitude. See, because entitlement can lead, entitlement can lead to grumbling. Entitlement can lead to grumbling. See, grumbling is the fruit of entitlement. Um, because we're grumbling because, you know, we think that something is owed to us, we deserve things, and instead of seeing the things that we have as gifts that we can be grateful for, we can just start grumbling. We can get off track, we can get in that zone, and we miss out on gratitude. And, and of course, you know, and <laughs> every time I prep a message, like I can't go down this road without holding up a mirror to myself and going, okay, where is this showing up in my life, where is this something that I wrestle with, where is God dealing with me, all that stuff, right? And so in this one, um, I've had to look at myself quite a bit the last couple of weeks, how easy it is for me to slip into this 
trap of entitlement and, and then move into grumbling. And I notice how it robs me of living my life in the freedom of gratitude. Like I was recently absorbed in just trying to deal with some difficult things happening um, around church here, just normal church stuff that happens. Um, but I was feeling kind of discouraged. It was taking a lot of my energy. Mostly it was hard because of how much I care for um, our church family. And I hate to see, you know, just things that, that feel like they're like not the way we wish they would be. And I meet with a lot of pastors. And, and what I know is that we have it way better. Like peep, everywhere there are people, so any church, you're going to have stuff, right? It's going to be unhappy people and happy people. There's going to be people that complain. There's going to be people that are, are loving everything that's going. It's just a part of the deal. And I know that. I know that. But, but I found myself getting kind of entitled. Like, oh, come on. I mean, and I know better, right? Well, this, everything should be easy at church, right? There should be nobody complaining or causing issues or, you know, saying stuff. They're like, and, and I mean, come on, we shouldn't have a, any financial pressure. That, that shouldn't go on, right? Um, and I know that's normal at any church. But I kind of started focusing on that way more than the good that was happening. And I started recognizing kind of this grumbling, like it shifted from just being honest with God to kind of grumbling. Um, and I know that's not good for me. It's not good for us. In fact, this is not in the notes, Carrie, but um, <laughs> I was going to say this, but I'll just throw it out here. It's interesting, grumbling, it's not good for any of us. Like God deals really seriously when his people move into grumbling. If you read like what happened with the children of Israel um, in the day of Moses in the desert, they start grumbling. It's, it's, he takes it really seriously. Not because he's just mad. Sometimes we read it that way, but when you read the broader heart of God, you go, oh, he knows that that's not good for them. It's not good for each other. It's toxic to move into that stuff. That's why he takes it so seriously. In fact, the apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians, he talks about kind of that same scenario going, guys, don't go into that zone. You just kind of pollute not only your own heart, but really the hearts of those around you because grumbling can be so contagious. And I knew, right? When I start feeling that thing rise up in me, I know it's not good for me. It's not good for us. And then God did something really, really cool. In fact, I think the Holy Spirit must have been kind of prompting this behind the scenes, spread out over, I don't know, a week or two, just a handful of different people either reached out to me or Heidi or someone on our staff or, or we heard through someone else just encouraging stories, like gratitude type stories. And I pushed the pause button on the grumbling. <laughs> um, like, none of these people, like, knew that I was kind of going, through, maybe they could tell by the look on my face, I don't know. But they didn't know that I was trying to figure some stuff out. And they expressed gratitude for our church, for our church family. And, and things like, and I could read a bunch, but I'm just going to give you a few because of time. Um, so, someone talked about how their family, said, my family lives, all my family lives far away, but I'm finding family here at Hope, which is what we're after, right? Another person said, I grew up thinking that church was just stiff and strict, and I had bad experiences. I thought churches were just there to pressure people. Then I finally gave in to my friends' requests and invitations. I came here around Easter, 
and I found something different than I expected. He said, I'm really glad this church exists and we are now all in. There's something to be grateful for because that's not me, that's us. Another person said recently, I gave up trying to find a church where I could be free to ask questions, express doubts, or not necessarily agree on everything without feeling shamed or pressure. And then I came here, and I'm grateful that hope doesn't use shame or pressure or guilt to motivate people. Grace is real, and now my faith is actually getting stronger. We've heard from parents um, who come to hope. I think of one awesome family who'd been in ministry before, and they were trying to find a church, and they visited here, um, I think during COVID, and like, there weren't many kids, right, but then they came back, and um, the reason they came back is that their kid loved our kids' ministry, and they said, all right, sure, fine, we'll come, and they loved our kids' ministry, and now that family is so grateful to be a part of this family. Hearing stuff like that just was so encouraging. Um, Hearing another family that uh, somebody who grew up in church and went away from church, but then came back to following Jesus and is now saying the reason our kids pull us, they drag us to church, they love church, they love the kids' ministry. Stuff like that that's so encouraging. It was kind of like, for, I know it was about our church, but for me it was like this thing, God orchestrates like this, this deal where suddenly all these other expressions of gratitude I start hearing, and you know what? That gratitude is contagious, Just like grumbling or complaining is contagious, I think that gratitude is contagious. And so I became encouraged, um, being reminded of, by God, of the good things happening in our church family. And and I'm, by the way, that's why I'm so grateful to be your pastor, is this is such a great church. God is doing so many good things. And it's not about us. It's about him. We thank God. God for what he's doing among us as we follow Jesus. It's him that is the benefactor. We're grateful for his grace on our church. Now, you can apply all those same kinds of ideas to your job, your marriage, to your family by looking for the good. Yes, there's a mixed bag of other stuff that's frustrating and driving you crazy about your spouse or your kids or your boss or your employees. But if we... Don't ignore the hard stuff, but we lean into the good with gratitude, and we recognize the good is just grace from God. It's gifts of grace that God has given us. We start to acknowledge that all the good around us is a gift. All of it's grace. It's all from God. Every good gift comes from our good Father, our good God, who has given us everything we have, and for that we can be grateful. So forget not. It's all a gift from God. It's all grace. Now, to tie this all together, we put those three bennies together that we've talked about. The benefit, the benefactor, the beneficiary. Put all those together. And and now we have the pieces um, for biblical gratitude to occur. But here's the key. For gratitude to actually happen and be experienced, we have to express it. 
which is part of why we're training for gratitude this morning by writing stuff down here. Um, We, the beneficiaries, are expressing gratitude to the benefactor for the good things in our life. See, I could recognize the three parts, the three bennies, the good things, the the God who gave them, I could recognize myself as the recipient and still not express the gratitude. See, it's when I express or respond, that's when gratitude begins to happen and really flow. And so as the worship team comes, there's got two simple practical experiments I want us to uh, enter into this week. If you want to enter more deeply into living a life of gratitude, to experience more gratitude and less of the other stuff that tends to dominate our imaginations and drag us to other places of ingratitude or complaining or, or entitlement, if you want to enter in, here's a couple gratitude experiments for this week. First one is this. Just write a gratitude letter to a person in your life. Write a gratitude letter this week. Maybe, maybe it's uh, somebody around you that you have interaction with. Just write a letter to them. Or maybe it's somebody back in your history that you can see made a difference. Just write a, a letter. Um, send it. Um, I know from getting letters like that, like I have a place that I keep them. It's so encouraging. It's so meaningful. And you could provide that encouragement to somebody else just by expressing your Gratitude. So, first experiment, express your gratitude for that person by writing a gratitude letter. By the way, if you're really brave, um, meet with them and read it to them. Might be harder, but very meaningful. So, first one. Second one. Second experiment. This week, uh, second experiment, write your gratitude to God. See, you are the person that is a beneficiary of what God gives. So just write out some of the things that you're grateful to God for. Maybe even take some of the things that you've written down right here and add a few words to them, like write it out. See, and by the way, it's so helpful to actually write things out. Um, It's not that it doesn't count if you don't write it out. It totally counts. But for us, just the way our brains work, if we write things out like that, it actually helps connect on a deeper level. Um, our gratitude goes deeper uh, and we express it when we write it out that way when we express it to God it will go deeper so those are two experiments I invite you into this week okay now um, if you played along with the interactive today just, we're not going to read them out loud but just, just hold them up and show me show me you got ooh there's a lot of people played look at that wow some good stuff um how many of you wrote more than 10 things? Keep your page up. How many of you wrote more than 15 things? Oh. All right, Sarah, I'm going to have you come. I have a book for you. Will you come on up, Sarah? Yeah, it's just for fun. We'll pull Sarah out of the back row. We usually ro- reward the front row. Come on, Sarah, here we go. Don't worry, I won't make you talk. Um, you get to be the, let's see, the beneficiary of of a book and you get to go be the benefactor so one's for you and give somebody else in this room um give them the other book just as a gift of grace so there you go thanks for playing along everybody that played along thank you sarah for being the benefactor and now as we get ready to pray and then we get ready to sing uh, i want all of you who wrote something down Just open it up in front of you and look at it right now. Look at those things you wrote down. Look at the benefits. Look at the blessings that you're grateful for. And then just right now, 
Uh, we're going to start praying, and, and I want you to thank God for these things. The one who blessed you with these things, just start right now. This is your moment to say thank you to God. Would you just do that right now? Just go ahead, read these out, and thank God for them as we pray right now. God, I thank you. We thank you for the blessings, for the goodness, for your grace, for the relationships in our lives. We thank you for the places that we have been able to experience. We thank you for the beauty of your world. We thank you for the people around us. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. God, we are, we are grateful. We are grateful. And God, as we sing, we are thankful that you are faithful, that you pour out grace, you give us mercy, you've set us free, you've given us new life, and so thank you, God, as, as we now sing, we sing with grateful hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you all stand with us and we'll sing together.